0: Mental health has long been a topic that hasn't received the attention it deserves. During the global pandemic, however, everyone's mental health has been impacted, shining a light on what we've always known. Mental health is critical to our overall health and well-being. Courageous athletes like Naomi Osaka, Simone Biles, and Michael Phelps have all spoken up about their struggles, using their high profiles to raise awareness and spark important conversations in our homes and our workplaces hi and welcome to the workday podcast i'm karen taylor chief diversity officer at workday today we're going to be talking about mental health and well-being with ben carter who is our vice president of total rewards just so that you know ben likes to actually go by carter so we'll refer to him by carter so carter can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what this subject means to you
1: you got it karen when i think about myself, I I like to say I'm I'm a father and a a husband first, and I'm the head of Total Rewards at Workday second. And I think that's important, especially as we think through the struggles that uh, we've all experienced going through the pandemic. And what does mental health mean to you? It, it, It means you're able to bring your best self to work. And of bringing your best self to work is is making sure you've got the support at home and you're effectively balancing the needs of home and work i started at workday a little over a year and a half ago and about five weeks after i started we we entered into this pandemic and so I'm glad that we're here talking about mental health. And I'm really glad that through all the bad that's come through the pandemic, we have the positive light being shown on the fact that we've got to support people's mental health. That's that's important. So excited to be here with you today and excited to have this conversation.
0: Thanks a lot. I love the perspective that you're thinking about this from, especially that perspective as a parent, because you can actually see that both as a parent and how you lead this work for our organization, that perspective becomes really, really, really important. So let's get to it because we have a lot to cover. So let's first break down this conversation and help people understand what we're really talking about when we say mental health. To some of us, this conversation may be new, but really is it? So help us understand how you think we should be thinking about this topic.
1: I think the pandemic has allowed us to say, it's okay to talk about mental health now. And there's nothing new. People have struggled with mental health prior to the pandemic. I think what's different now is we've broken through that stigma and people are, are okay to not be okay and okay to now talk about it and talk about it in public forums. So I think the, the idea of mental health is not new, but the fact that you and I are here and many others in every company and every line of business are having this conversation, that's the new part is now we're saying, okay, it is something we can talk about now and it's something that we can support our employees with.
0: Yeah, it definitely has been stigmatized over time. And so bringing this conversation to the forefront is extremely important. So, you know, mental health is really an element of wellness. So within your role at Workday, how do you think about these two things together? And how are we supposed to be thinking about wellness in the context of this overall conversation?
1: When I think about mental health and wellness, and I just think about overall health, to me, there's really four pillars of that. There's your physical health there's your mental health, there's your financial health. And then I think it's this concept of social well-being and social connections. I think all four of those are really intertwined. And if one of them is off, the others are potentially going to suffer. If your mental health is lacking, you're going to see impacts on your physical health. If your financial health isn't where it needs to be, that that stress is going to cause mental health issues, physical health issues. And what I really see through the pandemic is Those social connections, those interactions with humans versus us sitting on Zoom meetings and looking at tiles and people's faces and names all day, missing those social connections is really coming through through this pandemic. And and I absolutely believe it's having impacts on the other pieces of our health, including our physical health.
0: You've kind of touched on this notion that mental health issues are broad and wide. And as you know, mental health issues are not isolated to any one location or region or community. How should organizations ensure that their support of mental health and wellness really scales globally?
1: It's a great point, Karen. And it's one, I think, before the pandemic, it was really about, let's put a program in place in the U.S. You had a lot of vendors that you could reach out to in the U.S. and You try to figure out after you got it put in the U.S., oh, hey, how might I expand that globally and and have an international type offering? And I think now we're being more intentional about it. And as we look at ways to support our employees, we're not compartmentalizing and saying, okay, here's what we're going to put in the U.S. Now let's figure out what we do internationally. We're thinking globally. We're thinking about what are those things that we can start really with global at the core and global consistency. And then also at the same time is being sensitive to, The fact that the U.S. approach doesn't always work internationally and what might work in the U.S. may not work in Germany or may not work in Singapore or may not work in India. And you can't just have a one size fits all. And so I think we've really got to challenge ourselves into thinking about how do we have global consistency at the core, but then also regional or country differences as needed to really make sure we're making an impact in the various cultures where we have our employees. That's great. As we approach World Mental Health Day, this year, the theme is mental health in an unequal world. And you being our our head of belonging and diversity, how do inclusion, belonging, and equity efforts, how do those affect and tie into wellness and mental health?
0: Yeah, it's such a great question. And this is a topic that's really top of mind for me. And I actually think that well-being, mental health, diversity, equity, and inclusion actually go hand in hand. When you think about the fact that how an employee feels as if they belong, one of those things that's necessary is that they are whole and that they are complete as a person. When everything is in sync, they actually feel like they belong more. And so I think that that sense of belonging is a direct connection. To how we're actually thinking about well being. The other thing that's interesting, and you talk about the theme being mental health in an unequal world, we know that the pandemic has really had disproportionate impacts on people of color, on women, on caregivers. And so we also know that it's become really critical that those folks who play such a critical part of our society are well in every aspect. And so we have to really think about the connection to the overall of a person. The other thing that's been really interesting for me too, is a sense of isolation and the importance to connection. We've all been kind of isolated from our workmates, right? But think about people who may be single, they may be experiencing even more isolation and less connection. And so when it comes to that, how do we think about that connection and that equity connected back to belonging and diversity? So I think these, things are, are very, very well connected. And I think we have to think about the whole person when it comes to addressing all of these issues associated with the experience that our employees are having.
1: I think it's a great point. And your point is spot on is everybody has experienced the pandemic in different ways and experiences their mental health and is able to deal with their mental health in different ways. And I think in the past, we've structured programs to be catering to the traditional norm or the stereotypical norm. And we're missing out the ability to really make a big impact for people that are experiencing it in a different way. And I think there's some very natural ties here between the diversity and belonging and then the wellness and mental health. As you're putting these programs in place or exploring what programs you do want to put in place or what levels of support, I think making sure that you're partnering together with those two different groups to really make sure you're taking a holistic approach, like you said, And looking at those programs that they may not be the traditional norm that's going to adhere to maybe the needs of some of the different groups. I think you really got to make sure that you have an open mind and you're thinking about people that are experiencing this differently, whether they be in another country or a different race or they look different from you. And, And I think there's some natural combinations there that will make these programs far more effective.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Let me shift gears a little bit, because one of the things that becomes really important is how do you address the needs of your employees? And so, you know, as you're well aware, we purchased Pecan in an effort to really help us better uncover insights and in those specifically those employee insights. And Pecan did a report. It was an employee expectations report. And one of the things that they called out is that the proportion of employee comments on the topic of well-being increased by 46% in 2020 year over year. And so as you're thinking about how we actually get input from our employees, given that our employees' needs can vary so much, can you talk about Workday's approach to seeking feedback and addressing these needs? And what are some of the actions that we've taken, or even better yet, actions that others can take as they're thinking about addressing these issues for their employees?
1: Yeah, you talked about pecan and what an opportunistic purchase at, a, at an opportunistic time when the voice of the employee really is what you want to be listening to right now. And adding this into portfolio at Workday has really given us the opportunity to to really hear from our employees. And there's a, a standalone pillar inside of that survey around mental health and well-being. And we have specific questions that that our employees can respond to and, and we understand how our employees are feeling the sentiment how it compares to benchmark but then also it gives them the ability to to put in open-ended comments and this is really a golden source of truth because if you think about prior to pecan while we had the best workday survey you had vendors saying okay here's here's this great new program and offering i want to provide to you and they could talk about utilization in other companies, but you really didn't know for sure if, if, if it was going to resonate and, and really hit the mark with our employees here at Workday. And so being able to hear directly from our employees what things matter to them, because it's not always about a traditional offering. It's They need support for caring for an elderly member of their family. They need support caring for someone with autism. And more than anything, it really helped us understand what they were struggling with and gave us a voice to to go put some structure and programs around that. And and some of the things we've done, these don't cost money to go consult with a vendor and, and have them come in. And even things like moving to no meeting Wednesday afternoons that we've done in several organizations, really giving people the flexibility they need, both in the location of where they're working, as well as the hours that they're working throughout the day. So they can balance the needs to care for other family members or to balance the need of personal and professional lives, with a lot of kids doing school virtually and from home through a lot of this pandemic. I think through it all, it's taught us to lead with empathy and have a listening ear. I will say of all the things that we've done at Workday through the pandemic to support our employees, which has ranged from additional caregiver support to financial support. We gave everyone a two-week bonus right at the beginning of the pandemic to help them with any expenses that were going to come up. We have employee relief funds for people that are infected by the virus. But I I would say the most powerful thing we've done is we added five thank you Fridays in the summer. So essentially employees had every other Friday off. And the messaging around that was really take the time to just get away, to recharge, focus on your mental health, just get away from work. Take the long weekend. The beautiful thing about the Thank You Fridays that we heard the feedback from employees was everybody was off together. We could encourage people through the pandemic to still take your time off, but they would. we continue to hear people say, my workload's too high. If I take a day off, I'm going to miss meetings. I'm going to have a bunch of emails I'm going to miss. And so the Thank You Fridays really was a nice way to really allow people to step away. Everybody from the company was gone. And the beauty of it is you know, you take the Friday off your inbox isn't filling up. You're not missing any meetings. And it really did accomplish our objective as helping people deal with their mental health.
0: I love Thank You Fridays. Every single time it was here, I remember going, oh, good, it's just a four-day week. But it was that mental shift to say, oh, I, I can take a break. It's okay to take a break. And that really helped out. I, I really enjoyed those. And I do hope that we continue them. The other thing that's really important about what you said is how we're actually breaking down the data through pecan as well. We have multiple opportunities to get different segmented voices into the experience as well. And so we can cover whether or not our global employees may be having different challenges than maybe what our North American employees are having, or how do we look at maybe some of our employee belonging councils or what many people may know as employee resource groups, and how are we getting feedback from those groups or for managers? And so that ability for us to not just listen, but listen with empathy, I think becomes really important in terms of how we are solving for a lot of these issues for our employees. So thanks for sharing that when we think about mental health and wellness are you seeing support changing since since the pandemic hit and if so how
1: yeah i, I think the pandemic's turned it all upside down and it, you see it on the medical side too where vast majority of appointments through the pandemic have been virtual and we started going back into doctors offices and then the delta variant hit and people are now back to to virtual again and, and we're seeing really the same on the mental health side and mental health support, you know, historically mental health has been, well, who is your employee assistance provider, your EAP provider, and how many EAP sessions do your employees get each year? And that's really just the number of sessions that they can have face-to-face with a counselor or therapist to to work through any issues that they're struggling with. And and number one, when the pandemic hit, those face-to-face Conversations no longer were a viable option. And so, like many others on the medical side, you had vendors pivoting to how do we provide a virtual experience that allows people to talk through their issues to get the help that they need. But I but I think at the same time, too, this has really shown a light on EAP is not a singular way to solve the mental health needs that our employees have. It's not about putting out a link farm on your company portal to say, here's all the resources you have for mental health. Now in the stopgap, that is what we're doing. But I think the transition and transformation is happening now to where we're really looking for a more holistic approach and looking at not just the EAP provider, but what is the digital and human solution to uh, addressing the mental health needs and support that our employees have. It's not always, a vendor. It's not always a program. Sometimes it's just some tools that they need that are served up to them in a very consumable way. It's bite-sized information. It's utilizing AI through through a vendor platform that helps them link up to tools and resources that can help them based on whatever they're going through at the current time. And it's applicable and easy to find. And so really looking at that digital combined with a human interaction And then just listening, like you just said, listening to your employee belongings councils, your employee resource groups, listening to your employees and listen to what they're asking for. It's not always, I need a new program to support X, Y, or Z. Sometimes it is we need to go to no, no video on Fridays. We need to go to no meetings on Wednesdays. We need to go to one day a quarter or one day a month, whatever it may be, just a mental health day. Really look at your holiday schedule and how does it play out through the year? And are you giving consistent opportunities for the entire company to be away? Because we continue to hear that while vacation days are good, it adds an additional level of stress because you know what happens at the end of vacation, <laughs> you have to come back. And there's those emails and everything and your projects are waiting for you. And so I think it's just, it's listening, it's expanding your thinking belong just the traditional EAP offering, and really combining that digital approach with the human approach. So, so you're really meeting employees where they are, and making it easy for them to, to consume what they need when they need it.
0: It's so good. Listening to you, I'm really thankful for your leadership in this space here at Workday Carter, because it really is someone with this broad mindset and perspectives around how we should be addressing some of these issues that are new for us as well. And so I really appreciate the fact that you were thinking so thoroughly and thoughtfully about this topic for the organization. So, so thank you for that. So look, I mean, it's not an exaggeration to say that it's been a a difficult time and a tough year for nearly everyone, right? Whether or not it's been globally or socially or generationally, or whether or not you're a single person or a parent, or in some cases, even a single parent. Or whether or not you're an individual contributor or a leader. There's been a lot, and pretty much all of us have been impacted. But you know, with that, there must be some good things that we've learned also. So tell us about some benefits or positive notes that you think have come from all of this, even amongst all of the challenge and change that we've had.
1: Yeah, you know, Karen, I love how you can always see the positive, and there there are positives in this. And I think the number one thing is we've we've broken through the stigma. It's okay now to say you're not okay. And we all know what you mean when you say that, you know, we're hiding behind computers and and we look all buttoned up from the waist up, but you know, who knows what's really going on in people's lives. And when you're not in front of people, you know, you, you just don't know. And so the fact that we've now made it okay to say, I'm not okay. And we're seeing more people now taking action, looking for that support, taking us up on the support that we're offering. And I always use the analogy, if you hurt your knee or hurt your back, you're probably going to go to the doctor and you're probably going to get treated for it and, and see what you need to do. Do you need surgery? Do you need rest? Do you need to take some medication? Do you need to do physical therapy? And now the same thing holds on the mental health side is now we have people saying, you know what? It's not my knees hurting. My back's hurting. It's I'm depressed. I've got anxiety. I've got these additional burdens on me that I didn't have before. I've got guilt from trying to work at the same time I'm trying to help my kids in virtual school and I can't be both. It's, it's, it's hard. And, and just like people are going to the doctor to get their knee or their back checked on now, now people are taking action on their mental health. So I look at it and say, well, it's a shame. It took the pandemic to bring this out, man. I get excited about the fact that people can will and are starting to to take action on their mental health. And it all ties back to what I started with, those four pillars of physical health, mental health, financial health, and and social connection. Any one of those are off. All four of those are going to be off, likely, or at least multiple of those. And so I look at this and say, we're finally looking at this thing holistically and how they all play together and tie together. And I think we're going to be in a better place on the other side of this um, when we're addressing all four.
0: I love that. You know, I want to double click on something that you said when I asked you that question, and that is, it's okay not to be okay. That is such a true statement for so many ways in which we are dealing with a bunch of challenges these days. But I think that one, in terms of removing the stigma around mental health and us being okay to say we're not okay, is going to actually help that along even further. You know, this, but I'll share with some others. You know, I lost my mother earlier this year. And one of the things that I did was I took time off because I was not okay. And it was okay for me to say that. Even at this level, even all the work that we've been doing from a belonging and diversity perspective this year, it was okay to say that I was not okay. But even more importantly, what I felt is I felt that my peers and I felt that Workday was behind me because I needed to take that time off to be able to be well for myself, for my family, as well as for our workmates. So I think that one's really important. The other thing that I'll mention here really quickly too, because I think it's important is that I've even found myself encouraging my employees to make sure that they are taking time off mentally. And whether or not that is, you know, to your point, having no meeting Wednesdays or instead of taking a week off, take three weeks off this summer, get yourself off of Zoom for a number of hours. Turn off your computer and step away, get out into the sun, do things that are going to make you mentally better. And I've used that as a strategic way in terms of helping my employees feel better about how they are thinking about their own mental health as well. So I really appreciate your perspectives on this one. Okay, so we're, we're going to wrap this one up. My last question to you is this. When it comes to mental health and everything you've seen, everything that you've learned, what are you hopeful for as we move forward?
1: (laughs) My team hears me say this all the time. I'm hopeful that we're just nicer to each other, that we realize that everyone's not okay. And when we're dealing with individuals, some people are going to have more emotional reactions to things and just, just be nicer to people, be sensitive to people, have more empathy for people. And what I'm most hopeful for is we listen, we're empathetic, and we support. And I think that the pain that we've all gone through through this pandemic, and it's gone on far longer than any of us had anticipated, I do think and hope that when we do get back to offices, we do get back to more normal gatherings, we do reestablish those social connections, I'm hopeful (laughs) that we're nicer to each other, we're more empathetic towards each other, we support each other. And at the end of the day, we bring a better balance to our lives. We've got to have the right balance between our personal lives and our professional lives. And you can give 100% with both, but you don't have to give 110 or 120 because the reality is if you give 110 or 120 in one, it's going to lead to less than 100% on the other side. And those two parts are going to add up to less than 100%. So I think it's my biggest hope is balance, kindness, empathy, listening, support.
0: That's great. Well, I'll tell you one thing I am certainly hopeful for is that we have people like you who are actually helping us along this journey. So with that, I'd love to thank you for this conversation, Carter. We've been talking about well-being with my friend, Ben Carter, Carter as I like to call him. Don't forget to follow us wherever you get your favorite podcast and you can find all of our episodes at workday.com slash podcasts. I'm your host, Karen Taylor, and I hope you have a great workday.